Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Thursday, May 18th. It is five minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, the Drudge Report dropped a headline. It said, world exclusive. Fox News sets new schedule. And that headline announced that Fox will be replacing Tucker Carlson with Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity to take over at 8 p.m. And then the Drudge Report updated the headline to note that Sean Hannity will be followed by then Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfeld going to primetime. So isn't this interesting that Fox News in a moment of free fall appears to be now Fox News came out and said we told Mediaite, I think it was Mediaite, uh, we do not confirm these changes are happening nothing is final we don't know yet but let's operate from the standpoint that it is and if you operate from the standpoint that it is then you realize what fox has recognized is we are in a free fall of viewership Mm -hmm. and we must return to the things that are most comforting to the people who have engaged in this network over the years and that is we're going to move Hannity the most who is now I believe the longest serving uh, television talk show host he has surpassed Larry King Mm -hmm. he's been at it for 25 years he's the staple of the network we're going to move him into the money slot even though he's not really the money Sean Hannity is boring yes I mean, Sean Hannity is a boring, Thank you for boring, saying it. boring broadcaster. I have I have listened to, and his radio show is even worse than his TV show. Uh, sorry if you like that show. It sucks. Uh, but what they have said is, we're going to go with old Mr. Reliable, mm-hmm. who, while he's never had an original take that I have found remotely compelling in the entire set of time I've watched him, he is Mr. Reliable. He's Mr. Although, wasn't he kind of wrapped up in the whole thing that was at the heart of why Tucker got dismissed? Wasn't yeah. he Wasn't he on the he, text threads wasn't or whatever? Wasn't he part of that? So, apparently, though, it, it didn't matter. We're going with Mr. Reliable, and then whether whether it's 7 and, and I assume it'll be 9 and 10, they'll do Hannity 8 and then either Waters at 9 or Gutfield at 9 and then the other one at 10. At 10 yeah. They're saying, hey, we're kind of going to go with the young guns mm-hmm. uh, that are kind of a little different from what we've traditionally had on Fox in the prime time to round out the evening. Yeah, so Hannity is the safe choice. And is Gutfeld ready for prime time? Because he's, he's great. He, he is. He's, He's great. He is. I'd put him in the 8 o'clock slot if I were Fox. I was thinking that I would have liked to have seen Jesse Waters at 8 or even Dana Perino because I think she's absolutely brilliant. However, she's already doing the morning gig. So she's already double booked. That would make her triple booked because she's also on the 5. But another option that I think they could have gone with would have been Will Kane because I think he also is brilliant. And he actually just on his podcast recently broke down the whole Durham report in language that people can understand what happened. And I thought he did a fantastic job. Well, isn't it fascinating, too? So you it's not the same thing, but it's as close as I can get 
in instant real time analysis. The thing with Fox and the thing with Bud Light, while very different, do have a sense of similarities. And and at the crux of it is you have chosen to chase off a huge part of your consumer base. So in the sense of Bud Light, obviously it's they put a man who pretends to be a little girl as their quasi-spokesperson. In the sense of Fox News, it's you've given the boot to the guy who is the most watched person in cable news. Totally different backgrounds, reasons, whatever. But you have chased off a big portion of your consumer base and now you've got to make the decision on how do you pivot back and what i think is interesting in going with hannity if indeed they do at that eight eight o'clock slot as we said the eight o'clock slot o'reilly then tucker was this these firebrand super controversial now tucker and o'reilly's politics were different and the kind of the type of show they did was different and the way they viewed the world was different but they were these lightning rod firebrand Guys, Mm -hmm. and that has been the eight o'clock slot since the late 90s on Fox News. And if you go with Hannity, it's the more milk toast, traditional conservative Republican. I'm not sure that's going to work in that time slot. Have you noticed how Hannity's show has kind of evolved where they've got the audience laughing, where that never used to happen before? Like they're trying to lighten it up. But at this point, I think Fox is just trying to stop the bleeding and bring some normalcy back to their primetime lineup because their ratings have been in a free fall ever since Tucker left. And Rachel Maddow has even beaten Hannity in his 9 p.m. time slot. You have to give people... You know, we talked about this yesterday with McAfee because McAfee's leaving uh, FanDuel to mm-hmm. go to ESPN. And we talked about yesterday, I think McAfee is going to struggle a little bit because the originality and free flow and ability to say anything not that anybody is listening because wow i love hearing pat mcafee say profane language but it is the ability to hear things and delve into topics and go into things in a way that he can't you want you can't do in traditional media look we know we've got to hit a break at a certain time because we have very wonderful advertisers and everybody should totally 100 percent Frequent them. Frequent them and love them and tell them you listen to their products and And services. We we are here because of them. But the reality is there are constraints on traditional mediums such as radio and television and the way they operate that don't exist on the Internet. And I just wonder, once you've chased off a big portion of your viewership – and they have the ability to consume so many varieties uh, varieties of, of information, especially in the field of conservative media. There are just infinite numbers of areas by which you can consume this. Will they come back for something that is pretty boring? It's pretty basic conservative nuts and bolts media based out of like the mid-2000s. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they had Brian Kilmeade fill in, Lawrence Jones, and then Kaylee McEnany, right? And the ratings, except for that very first day when Brian Kilmeade filled in, people were tuning in to see how it was going to go and would he address the Tucker announcement, and he did. But then after that, the ratings started to go down, and then when Kaylee came in, they started to pop up just a little bit. And then at the end of the day... Drudge Report and Mediaite is saying that none of those people that they had fill in are the actual person who's getting the gig. You know what it reminds me of? This show. Oh, yes. 
when Mock left. Yes. And you had the revolving, you know, wheel of people coming in. And who did they hire? Me, somebody that had not yes. even come in and filled in. And look at how much better your life is for that decision. <laughs> uh-huh. Fox News, though, saying no decision has been made on the new lineup, and there are multiple scenarios still under consideration. All right, so if we're going to talk about brutally weak failures, let's move from one to the next. Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, uh-huh. I can't with this guy, Casey. Yeah. I can't. You want to talk about putting out a uh, five-alarm fire with a squirt gun. <laughs> Here's a Band-Aid for your gaping, bleeding wound. We've got Kevin McCarthy stepping up. Now, again, we have been very critical of Kevin McCarthy, and rightfully so, because, well, we are highly trained professionals who are paid to tell you our takes on things and how things are likely to go, and anybody with an ounce of common sense, which apparently does not include uh, soon-to-be U.S. Senator Jim Banks, knew what Kevin McCarthy was, knew how weak he was, knew what a tool of the establishment he was, knew how he doesn't want to fight on things like spending because he is for big government and he is for big cost of big government. Now, I don't know how a just, just, intellectual mega giant like Jim Banks, who has traveled the world over and has been a distinguished member of the military and a U.S. congressman and a member of the Indiana General Assembly before that. I don't know how the radio guy can look at Kevin McCarthy and go, that's going to be a disaster. And yet a Menza deserving member like Jim Banks can come on this radio station repeatedly and tell us how great Kevin was going to be and vote for him 15 times. And now McCarthy is doing the exact thing that the radio guy said, and someone like Jim Banks couldn't have spotted this from a mile away. Now, we're never going to get the answer because he won't come on this show, but maybe someone else will ask him why he wasn't able to see how pathetically weak Kevin McCarthy was ultimately going to be. So they hope to finalize the deal on the debt ceiling after Biden returns from the Group of Seven meeting in Japan on Sunday. Apparently, they're doing this over the phone, overseas. He's got delegates in his place who are cutting the deal, but McCarthy is practically begging Biden to negotiate with him. Yeah, I mean, this is fascinating. Kevin McCarthy should have walked in and said, we are prepared to default on everything. We are demanding... Everything we have passed that we have bragged about to the American people, we want a balanced budget, we want the IRS obliterated, we want the border secure, and Biden, you have to do what we say because you've admitted you can't default on the debt. We are in charge here. Like the, what's the Tom Hanks movie where the guy goes, you see me, I'm the captain of this ship now. What's the, what's the movie, it's Kevin? Captain Phillips. Yeah, but what's the name of the uh, movie? I thought it was just called that. No, it's not. So what's the name of the movie, Kev? Your job is to find the name of that movie. That is, <laughs> but they, you know, the guy hijacks the ship and says... It is definitely called Captain That's Phillips. the name of the movie? Yes. Good no job. Kidding. Good job, Kevin. Good See, job, I Kevin. I right. Your haircut looks phenomenal, by the way. Thank you. Uh, anyway, yes, that's what he should have been. McCarthy should have been that guy hijacking the ship, telling Biden, I am the captain of this ship now. Instead, he asked for 2022 spending levels that still put us $47 trillion in debt by the year 2033. Three. The only reason you would do that is if that is what you actually want, because he could have gotten everything. At this point, we're only paying the interest on our debt. We're not even paying down the debt. We're paying the interest. If you did that with your family, you had credit card bills so high that you were only making payments on the interest. Guess what's going to happen? You're never, ever going to catch up. Okay, so we're going to play you this clip of Kevin McCarthy. And I think this this was a Freudian slip 
Casey. I want you to listen to very <laughs> important, the beginning of this is very important because he admits mm-hmm. that Biden's spending has failed America. I think we can all agree on that. I also think we can admit that the Trump spending, especially during COVID, failed America. But the point is, first words out of his mouth is Biden's spending has failed America. Great. We all agree. Then he says he's not asking to change that. Right. He admits the guy has failed America. And then the next words out of his mouth are he's not going to change that. And then it just gets more pathetic from there. This guy, the Speaker of the House... He's the Speaker of the House, Casey, asking, acting like he's some low-level intern, practically begging Biden to work with him. So, yeah, their fiscal policy and monetary policy has failed in America. I'm not asking to change all that. I'm just saying let's spend less than we spent last year. Let's find places we can grow and let's find places we can save. And I had to argue, if, I, if we had not passed the bill, do you think we'd even be in the room discussing this? That shouldn't be the way government works. Two sides should be able to sit down and talk, even if they have differences, and find common ground. Okay, all right. Every wait, wait, wait. Family Cause I, cause I know we got to get your break, but Kev, can you just play? Just to, everybody understands what mm-hmm. I just said—that he said this, <laughs> that his policies have failed America, and I'm not asking to change that. Just, just so we can all agree, we're on the same page here. Two sides should be able to sit down and talk, even if they have differences, and find common ground. Every family does it. Every business does it. And the American government should do it no, as I, well. I needed, like, the first, the first. Anyway, fine. We all heard it. been asking. <laughs> we, all, we, we all heard it, right? We all heard it. Are we it. good? We heard it. Okay, great. Thank you. He, he's not doing anything. Yes. The point is, he's terrible at negotiating. That's not the guy you want in the room. And we're on, what, a day 108 of when Kevin McCarthy has said, please, please negotiate with me. It's 19 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It was somewhere in a fairy tale. I used to take a home 23 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Kev, rip-roaring out of that break with some Harry Chapin. Yeah, I had to redeem myself after screwing up that audio clip. I love that Kevin felt so bad in his responses. I'll make it up to Rob with some Harry Chapin. Oh, I'll make him happy with Harry Chapin. <laughs> Works every time. Hey, let's talk about what's trending this morning. The new Mission Impossible movie trailer has dropped. Tom Cruise tweeted out, it's time to pick a side. Here is the new trailer for Mission Impossible. It's called Dead Reckoning Part 1. Our lives <laughs> are the sum of our choices. escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is going to cost you dearly. Okay, time out, time out. Can we point out how every one of these action trailers begin exactly the same? And you will... You will now never listen to one of these or watch one of these trailers again the same. So it is... 
narrator mm-hmm. talks followed quickly by a loud boom of some sort. Yeah. Then they start playing whispering audio clips <laughs> of some sort of either teacher or mentor or government official predicting doomsday-esque scenario if Hero doesn't take action and then it is just a montage of a variety of high impact action clips with repeated bam yeah. boom smash yeah in a world <laughs> so mission impossible films have grossed over 3.5 billion dollars worldwide now this is going to be the seventh time that tom cruise will play ethan hunt the movie's going to be in theaters on july 12th part 2 of this I, this segment, it, oh. it's going to be slated next year in June. And part two is expected to be Tom Cruise's final time as Ethan Hunt. Um, now, this was the movie where he filmed it during COVID and he went, the, there's the audio of him going ballistic on the guy for not wearing a mask or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Yeah. This is this movie. Yeah. And this is the one where he jumps off a cliff on a motorcycle. Oh. Yeah. Also trending this morning, the 56th annual Strawberry Festival. It is returning to Monument Circle on Thursday, June 9th from 9 until 4 or while supplies last. Uh-huh. The Works, which you can order at the Strawberry Festival, is going to cost $8 and includes shortcake, strawberries, ice cream, and whipped cream, and this is going to be hosted by the Cathedral Women of Christ Church Cathedral. It's a fundraiser for them. And finally trending, Todd Young. Yes. Oh, Todd. He is the candy king of D.C. Apparently. Wait, he's he's the what? He is the candy king of Washington, D.C. What a perfect name, because nobody passes out the candy at our expense like Todd Young. Boy, that is not quite Duke of Spendingburg, but gosh darn it, Casey, that is close. Apparently, there's this thing that's been going on since Richard Luger was in office. Also a candy king. It's uh, it's on the Senate's side. He's the new sentry of the Senate's candy desk. The candy desk is located uh-huh. next to the chamber, and it is Todd Young's job to make sure there's lots of candy at the candy desk, and he is filling that desk with candy from the Albanese Candy Company, uh-huh. uh, the new Albany Sugar Shop, and the Sweet Tooth and Munster, and also he's got the world's biggest jelly beans from the Wakarusa Dime store. Well, and you can... Representing Indiana at the candy desk. Rest assured that no taxpayer expense was spared when it comes to stacking the candy uh, jar. Only, I'm sure, the finest and best for senators. And absolutely, when it comes to using taxpayer resources to help out members of the U.S. Senate, there is no one more qualified to do that than Todd Young. Because when their blood sugar drops, you know you want some candy there. He said it's a popular destination, and he's excited to share Hoosier candies with his colleagues. We've got the news coming up next. It's 928 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, let's talk about this Republican PAC winning for women. They're endorsing their first round of rising star candidates for the 24 election. The list of endorsements includes nine female House Republicans who are seeking re-election. And then there's also one new candidate. And the new candidate is right here from the great state of Indiana. How exciting. The candidate that winning for women is endorsing is Wendy Davis. Don't you just love, like, 
okay, let's just start with the name of the pack. Mm-hmm. Winning for women. Winning for women. So if you're a man, mm-hmm. f you. Yeah, we you don't. don't get this we money. don't. We don't. We don't care. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in electing the best people. We're just in, interested in electing the women. Can you imagine, by the way, if there was. Uh, Winning for men? Well, yeah, I was trying to think of something that began with an M because I was trying to make it clever. And money I, for men? Money for men. <laughs> Can you imagine the absolute outrage yeah. there would be in society if you had a super PAC? Maybe Kevin, I will start said super PAC. And Mandate it will be, for men! It will be money for men. That mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, it sounds like... Uh, like a like a sign. Remember the Human Fund that mm-hmm. signed signed uh, George. Yeah, George started on Seinfeld. to the Human Fund. And, and you know, remember uh, Kruger, the boss is like, oh, whatever does it make? They're all the same, right? I mean, this is, this, these packs are all just a joke. The names. So winning for women. Okay, so we've established if you're a man, kick rocks. Yeah, you don't get any. Even of this. if you're the markedly better candidate, better for America, better for society, more attuned to limited government and promoting liberty and freedom here's a giant middle finger to you okay mm-hmm. so we've established that then i also love the names they give young guns rising stars mm-hmm. <laughs> So Wendy Davis is a, well, she was a circuit court judge, and she's seeking election to the House, uh, Indiana's third congressional district. Now, this is the seat that Jim Banks is giving yes. up to run for Senate. You're a, you're a rising star. <laughs> Just love that. Now, she's running against our friend Marlon Stutzman then. Mm-hmm. So this lady can totally kick rocks because we love Marlon. He's phenomenal. And uh, I don't know why she'd want to want to challenge Marlon Stutzman, but uh, game on. You know, we love competition. She said she wants to bring back the America she grew up in. Oh. And uh, she's uh, wants the traditions and values that made the United States the greatest country in the world. So of the 125 female representatives currently serving in the House, 33 are Republicans. Oh. And last time around, this PAC raised over 17 million dollars and apparently they're looking at wendy davis to give her some so this to me says she's already getting in establishment mode can you and can we just talk about how corrupt and pathetic our election and campaign finance laws are so in the in the what was this this must have been late 90s early 2000s john mccain teamed up with some democrat McCain, Russ Feingold, I think was the guy's name. He was a senator from Wisconsin. And they were outraged that people were donating as they see fit to political campaigns because when outsiders can get money, then they can become a threat to incumbency. And so uh, McCain and I, again, I believe the other guy was Russ Feingold, said, well, we can't have this because if rich or wealthy People want to, you know, throw their weight around and support non-establishment candidates. Well, then the infrastructure that we protect and will die to defend crumbles in front of us. So we're going to pass a law that limits the amount of free speech you're allowed to have, which limits the amount of money that you can give to candidates for federal office. So, of course, it goes in front of the Supreme Court. And what the Supreme Court ultimately decides is, well, okay, they are the federal government, so they can legislate that. But what they can't legislate is how much outside organizations can give 
to said or spend. They can't court. So even more convoluted. They can legislate how much the candidate can receive. They can't legislate what outside groups do on a candidate's behalf. However, that candidate can't directly work with outside group that is clearly working on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense to anyone? No. This is our government, right? So you can give. So you can't give a gajillion dollars to Joe Smith running for U.S. Senate. You give, I think it's $2,700 in the primary and $2,700 in the general. But you can give $10 billion to Joe Smith Rising Star Super PAC, <laughs> and that PAC then can spend that money to promote Joe Smith. But Joe Smith can't coordinate with the super PAC that is working on his behalf. Yes. What we have actually done, and this is the most government thing ever, Casey, in an attempt to regulate and stifle free speech, we have created essentially a black market by which it is far harder to track and account for where the money is coming from and where it's going. Yes. Well, this pack says that in some cases, last time around, they gave one individual candidate $4 million to help their campaign. You should you should be able to give your money to whoever you want to give it to for whatever legal purpose you want to give it to. And last time I checked, campaigning is still a legal function in this country. And as long as it is tracked, and as long as it is tabulated, and as long as it would be so much easier if these super PACs didn't exist. It would be so much easier if, you know, Fred Flint, Fred Flintstone, who owns Flintstone Industries, gives $10 million to Senator Jones, then it's easy to know. Fred Flintstone of Flintstone Industries <laughs> gave money to Senator Jones, and it, it is clear, it's easier to track. Why would Fred Flintstone of Flintstone Industries give that money? Then we realize what's going on here. Instead, it's just a, just getting washed around, and then it's harder to track, and you have no idea why. Senator Jones knows what his super PAC is doing, even if he's not directly coordinating with them. He knows, he absolutely knows who's giving to that super PAC and why they're giving. And you know who doesn't know now? You. Right. Thank you, federal government. Well, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring this to your attention. So I think that if Wendy Davis has been uh, pointed out by this pack, they're going to earmark a lot of money for her. Yes. And we're going to see that in advertising throughout the state. You're going to be hearing her name a lot more, something to pay attention to. She was appointed by uh, Mike Pence from the Task Force and Drug Enforcement. So she's been in this oh, group. Sure in the stew for a while now and I think we're going to be hearing her name more and more. Uh, editorial comment. Yeah. That's what we do here. Uh, Wendy Davis, not as great as Wendy from Wendy's. Also, <laughs> not as great as Wendy, the uh, central character in the song Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Uh-huh. Those so, are your, so your we, favorite Wendy's? If we were doing the greater than arrows, we would have uh, or the less than arrows. It would be Wendy Davis less than Wendy from Wendy's and Wendy <laughs> Davis less than Wendy from Born to Run. From Bruce Springsteen's song. Okay, and let's uh, let's talk about uh, Kamala Harris, her explanation on equality. <laughs> is she confusing <laughs> equity with equality? She has no idea what she's talking about, but it is an insight. Well, let's, let's play the word salad here, mm-hmm. and then... I would love, now let's play it and then we'll make the comment on what she's saying about 
uh, how they want to rig the system for everything to be the same for everyone. To that extent, yes, we do talk about equity. We actually believe it is a good principle, in spite what some so-called leaders might try to suggest. We are proud of the fact that equity is one of our guiding principles. Proud of the fact that we understand equality is important, but not everybody starts out on the same base. So it sounds like it might be right, everyone gets an equal share and then they should compete and the best thing will win, but that assumes everyone starts out on the same base. Equity takes into account that that may not be the case. Life is not fair you're getting screwed and we're going to be the arbiters of fairness and we're going to do that by taking from other people and giving it to people who didn't own it that way that is the most twisted explanation Mm -hmm. i mean it's an honest one Mm -hmm. but it is the most absolutely twisted thing by the way i'd love for Jim Ursay to respond to the idea that everyone should start on the same page because if Jim Ursay had to start on the same page as me he'd be working at a filling station somewhere there, there are winners and losers in life. Right, and life is not fair. Right. Look, look I'm going to point out how Jim Ursay would be working at a filling station if he'd had to earn it on his own. He got it from his daddy, mm-hmm. and he's been got, and he got it from the government. But I'm not mad that he inherited something from his father. That's the way life works. Some people were more successful than others. Mm-hmm. Some people get to things that other people don't get. As long as you obtain it legally... It, then fine. Mm -hmm. You have to work. Some people just have to work harder. And you know what that makes you? A better person. It is not a crime to have to work harder than someone else. And along the way, you have experiences that make you a better person. I'm working a second job that is markedly different from the job I do here. It is experiences and mechanics and muscles that I have not had to use in a very long time. It has given me a new appreciation for people who work in the industry or the types of industries that I'm now working in that I previously didn't have. It's making me grow as a person. Well, and part of it is the decisions that you make along the way that change your trajectory of things. I, you know, you mentioned, and I know we've got to get to a break, but I, you mentioned many times how I was in management in broadcasting for many years. And one time when I was at U93 in South Bend, this is a heritage top 40 radio station, been around for almost 50 years. We, we had a morning show. They were successful. They were dominating 14, 15 shares in the market. They were amazing. And I had hired uh, a part-time guy to come in, and he said that he wanted to be treated the same as the morning show. Oh. But he's not going to be because he's bringing a different set of skills, a different set of abilities and talents to the table. While they're crafting this morning show that is amazing and killing it in the demo, he's still trying to learn where the bathroom is. Right. So guess what? You don't get treated the same. You're at a different level in your career. Right. It's up to you and the choices you make to get to that same level and then how you're treated is a reflection of that. It is 946. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is 
10 minutes in front of 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Shall we talk about the Royals, the Sussexes? Harry and Meghan were involved in a car chase with paparazzi in New York last night. Uh, It was, uh, nothing happened. There were no injuries, but they said it could have been catastrophic. They were pursued by photographers, about 20 of them. They were, Megan was speaking at the Women of Vision Awards, and before and after, they were chased throughout the city, according to them. Well, and of course, so now the initial thing, and look, we all know the Royals have a little track record of not exactly being the most well, honest of people or exaggerating the truth to fit a narrative. But the initial report, you're led to believe, oh my gosh, of course, their mother died in a terrible car accident being chased by the paparazzi. So you're led to believe from who knows where this emanated from. Uh, We're not going to name any names, but oh my gosh, these poor, this poor Prince Harry and now his darling wife are being just chased through New York in the same fashion that this this poor guy's mother died and the paparazzi just won't leave them alone. Well, then reports start coming out saying that multiple New York police officers dispute the claims and that it wasn't near catastrophic and they weren't, you know, they may have been followed by some of the paparazzi, but um, two officers told Sky News, this was according to Oil London TV, that the incident was not catastrophic, but a bit of a chaotic scene. Well, everywhere these people go. It's a bit chaotic. It's a chaotic scene because they crave attention. For people who want their privacy, these two clowns do more to get attention than anybody I've ever seen. It came from a spokesperson from them. They said it was a relentless pursuit lasting over two hours, resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians. And so they were being, what, chased by people on bikes and mopeds? And they were in cars and they had to switch cars at one point. But (laughs) to your point, they, they say they want their privacy, but then they keep putting this stuff out there. And it's very much a, a look at me, look what's happening to us. Can you believe this? And then you think, okay, here we go. They're playing the victim again. You know who wants their privacy? Someone who basically gives up having attention. Let's take someone like Rick Moranis is a great example of this. Rick Moranis was a very famous actor in the 80s. He was in Ghostbusters. He was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Multiple very either cult classics or resounding successes at the box office. And then I believe his wife passed away at a very you know, relatively young age. He had children at home. And Rick Moranis basically said, for the most part, I am done acting and I just want to raise my kids and have a quiet, normal life. I've made enough money. I don't need mm-hmm. to do this anymore. Right. He disappeared for the most part. And now he has done a couple, you know, one-off projects. I think he's voiced some video games. But Rick Moranis is not out starring in movies and walked away at the height of his his ability to earn money because he didn't want people to look at him anymore. He wanted to be left alone. That is someone who wants their privacy, and I respect that. These clowns mm-hmm. don't want privacy they want to be looked at and they want attention. They uh, they say that, you know, this paparazzi was chasing them. And isn't that what they want, though? Sure. They want this publicity because 
most people who want privacy, like you mentioned, they're not going to go out and share their lives with everybody. And they keep inviting people in. And now they're trying to prop Megan up that she's, you know, this do-gooder. Right. Again, speaking at this event. And if they really just want to do good... Just do it. It is like our job. You don't have to announce it to everybody. We want people to listen to us. That's our job. And part of our job means when we are out in public, you will get recognized. At my other job, I get it all the time. Now, my deal with my employer with my other job is I do not instigate it. However, if someone says, are you so-and-so, I do not lie to them. I say yes. And then if they want to have a conversation about what we do every day, then that's fine. That would be ridiculous for me to go at my other job Yes, but I demand my privacy. Here, client, just go about your day. No, people want to engage. That's part of being a public person is people listen to you. Our job is based on people consuming us. Their wealth. She was an actress. She is an actress. Whatever. They do documentaries. They do podcasts. They throw themselves out into the ether of the world. And the money they earn is based on people consuming what they do. Mm -hmm. These people are pathetic for them to go, leave us alone. She was coming from a speaking engagement. Right. It wasn't like she was at the flower shop. Right. She was at an event where she wanted people to pay attention to her. They have to decide, do they want the attention or not? And quit playing the victim. Because if you're inviting it in, that's part of the deal. I loathe. No, nobody wants to see harm to anybody, not them. And it's very, you know, reminiscent of what happened to Princess Diana. But they also are feeding into that. Yeah. And with Princess, and again, I'm not saying that obviously what happened to Princess Diana was terrible. But you were a princess. You made a decision. You know, your wedding is the most watched thing in human history at the time. You, you don't, you got to handle it responsibly, but you can't say, I don't want this when you did the thing and you knew what the thing was going to bring you, which is attention. 956 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.